0: Kelsey Charles and Haley Sutton.
2: What an exciting victory. Monday, we have today a 25 10 win for the Dallas Cowboys yesterday over the Washington Commanders. Here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, I'm Haley Sutton, joined by Aisha Morrison, Christy Scales, and Jess Navarez. I've been practicing You nailed it. I was going to say, you did last so good. Five minutes. Uh, ladies, how are we feeling after an exciting win yesterday?
3: Loved it. Pumped up. (laughs) Wait, let's not y'all's response. You're not pumped up.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's Victory Monday. Anytime you have a Victory Monday, it's always a great day. I feel I'm like especially like coming to work, it's, in. it's, it's a do. little weight off of your shoulder a little bit. You yeah. can wear your, your Cowboys gear, your Victory Blue. You know, Victory Monday, I think, is just good overall. And, and I think something that makes it even sweeter is when you start to see improvements on, on uh, things over the course of the season so far that we've been waiting to see, which we'll get into, but it's a good day. Anytime it's a Victory Monday, it's a good day.
2: Yeah, so far I've been told, because my first week was two weeks ago uh, when Cooper Rush got his first win. Mm. And the thing I was told all day long that day was, Oh, I'm so glad you started today instead of last week. Last week was, it you was know, rough. the mood was rough. Exactly. Rough. So so far, I haven't had a rough Monday. So it's you're telling good... me
1: you are Cooper Rush's good luck charm. So far is yeah. what we're seeing.
2: So if you follow me
1: on Twitter, like every single
2: time the Cowboys have won so far, I've literally tweeted the Cowboys are. No, She's a
1: prophetess. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
2: So, so I'm not trying to brag,
3: but she, you she right predicted the <laughs> Michael Gallup touchdown as well, like a like a play before. I mean, she's she's powers
4: apparently. I willed something. that for him. He needed that. <laughs> <laughs> that man. I, I thought that was one of the most satisfying yes. things. yes oh it certainly certainly a week at the star is so much more fun after a win but to see guys who have worked so hard who've overcome a lot mm-hmm. and just good guys that you're rooting for because they're good yeah. people sure and what's fun about being on the sideline is every season is a totally different dynamic and um to see we only had one new assistant coach this year, but still young players becoming veteran players and Mm -hmm. leaders and then guys coming back from injury. And the way that Michael Gallup was greeted on the sideline yeah, because everybody knew how hard he worked. And I think that the coolest thing was for all the high fives and hugs and slaps on the back, the longest hug and, hey, they didn't say, I love you, man. It wasn't like a beer <laughs> commercial. But Britt Brown, who is the director ah. of rehabilitation for the Cowboys. And so he's been a member of the athletic training staff for over 20, One of the 25 yeah, years with the Cowboys. The and but so he works m- most closely with the guys who are rehabbing. And, of course, Michael Gallup suffered the injury early January. So it's been almost 10 months of him working back. And so when Michael gets to the sideline, and that hug was a little bit longer and a little bit tighter – uh, between Britt and michael so that that was really satisfying to Thank see you that yesterday that, yeah sure.
1: that's amazing see we love having you here yeah. <laughs> the insight and and the the things you see from your view on on the sideline is just incredible well, well
4: and the other thing is i think a couple weeks ago we were talking about how uh noah brown with his first career touchdown mm, yeah. and, and zeke had to run retrieve the ball for him mm-hmm. the touchdown ball so that he could have it to take home yeah uh Zeke had to do the same thing yeah. for my oh, that in the locker uh, room. I'm <laughs> and, and then, and then one, one other thing, Deron Bland, and we should talk about some of these <laughs> like, yep. you know, last-second injuries. It's very unusual to have an injury happen in uh, warm-ups, pregame right? warm-ups. Yeah. Yeah. But Deron Bland, who's a rookie fifth-round pick, and he had to step in for Jordan Lewis. Mm. And, of course, Deron Bland had the interception in the fourth quarter that basically thwarted the last commander's hope for a rally. Yep. And so uh, it was Donovan Wilson. Veteran safety and Donovan was the uh, game day captain for the Cowboys defense yesterday, and he ran out there and retrieved the ball for Duran because <laughs> Duran made that made the rookie mistake of not keeping the yeah. football for yeah, yeah, yeah. his first career interception. And
3: even Duran talked about it. He said that like once he he was like once he caught the ball, he was like I I it didn't even feel like I was mm-hmm. there. He was like it didn't I didn't realize like you know that I made the interception until yeah. until like everyone starts swarming around him. And I think that's interesting because that just lets you know how in phase he is, like how, how focused he is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I I tweeted earlier today like he read that play all the way. Yeah, Yeah, he he did. He drove on that ball. He knew where that was coming to. And it's just a testament to like this team. And we've talked about the depth on this team and just seeing a lot of these guys step in in the nick of time and there not be a drop off. Yeah. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, I pulled uh, I pulled Duran after the game or like as he was coming out of the locker room to talk to him just one-on-one, and uh, I asked him the same thing. I said, you know, Michael Gallup got his ball, or uh, I'm mixing that up, but I asked him about uh, that interception and just being able to be in that moment, and uh, he kind of said the same thing. He said, you know, like, yeah, I kind of just blacked out, but the thing that he kept talking about was – the surrounding cast that he had that made yeah. him ready for that moment you know like sure he finds out minutes that he's going in to start uh, for the first time as a rookie and he didn't feel that way because he knew the preparation and the room that he's been in and what he's been surrounded by at practice and stuff he felt ready yeah. and yeah. compelled to play yeah, he so had, he
4: has such a strong camp and and I think that that fans who uh, don't follow the game super closely Uh, don't have a true appreciation for how difficult it is to play uh, in the slot Mm, at cornerback because most cornerback, you know, you're playing out while you think of (laughs) Deion Sanders and the skinny fast guys who are chasing the wide receivers down the field. And, yeah, that's cornerback. But to do what Jordan Lewis does, to have that skill set, to be able to play in the slot, which means there's a lot more traffic, means it's a lot more physical. You have to be a willing tackler, you know, because you're there, you know, squeezed amongst the linebackers uh, oftentimes. And sometimes you get matched up with bigger guys who might be tight ends, you know, instead of the little Cole Beasleys of the world. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get the, the bigger guys. So um, that is a unique skill set. And to have a rookie who's getting his first defensive snaps to be able to step in and and play at that that level. That's really a unique thing. And to not have – this is the third week also without J. uh, J Ron Curse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at safety, he does a lot down in the box. He plays in the slot. He's a bigger guy. And so he's a really – it's a a real physical – he adds a real physical dimension to it. and I don't, don't just mean willingness to tackle, but he can take on like the big guys, yeah. big tight ends and stuff. And so when you have an Israel Mukwamu mm, who yes. physically Come almost on, <laughs> is the you same, you brought up Israel. Yeah, and so so it's it's really um, the the depth. It's not just numbers. It's that physically they almost match up mm-hmm. the yeah. same. So, well, so Kudos to the personnel department for putting it together absolutely. like that. And right? I was
1: going to say, that absolutely speaks to the culture in this locker room. And we've repeated this over and over. Really, it's, it sounded like a broken record, but the next man up mentality and mm-hmm. just how all of these guys are so locked in and they believe in, in their coaching. I think that is so important. I think the chemistry that they have with each other, it's a brotherhood. And it shows because they all somehow, someway, you bend, but you don't break. They always always find the way to make the play happen. And you have the difference makers. You have the Micah Parsons, of course. How can we forget to mention Micah? Who, um, it, it was interesting to go back and, and rewatch the game and, and really look at you know the plays that he's in, the plays that he's out. And how he allows for those plays to happen. When you really go back and dissect everything, Micah Parsons is just so special. And we we keep talking about this. And how can we forget Trayvon Diggs? <laughs> Ladies, he had such a great game. I think this was something that has been brewing for Trayvon. I think him going into week four and and people saying, oh, he had 11 interceptions last season. What's going on? We haven't seen Trayvon. Where's Trayvon? And and just all that talk, right? He came out this game and to be honest, when I went back and I watched and I was writing notes, I I underline names that I I feel like I'm starting to repeat a lot. He was such a difference maker in this game alone. And he was bullying on the field. I mean, he was making his presence known. Trayvon had himself a night and I just I was so happy to see him come back and, and really come back in full force.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, My favorite stat that we've been talking about, uh, which Aisha's caught on to, is that this is the third straight game where Trayvon Diggs has made a game-ending play, basically. And uh, it just speaks to uh, how much he's elevated his game. He's playing such better, more disciplined, more physical football. He had the pass breakups. I think he had three pass breakups Mm -hmm. uh, in yesterday's game. So just to go from being the guy who catches the interceptions to, you know, a corner who is going to make those game-saving plays or a guy you can depend on to make, uh, you know, an important tackle at an important part of the game. I think it's really kind of made him a little bit more dynamic
1: uh, of a football player. And I think that key drive on that fourth and 15 in the fourth quarter where the commanders kind of had a pulse, it was a real make or break where he swatted that ball. I mean, that was the difference maker. And and I think – you you go back and you look, and he was reading that all the way through. And just his awareness of where to put his body every single time, even when it comes to I'm barely going to tap the ball, but I'm going to tap it in a way that that receiver's not catching it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, his his awareness to his body is just incredible.
3: Yeah, and that's something I think, I mean – I, I think I said it, like, a couple of weeks ago. Like, he was in practice, and he was barking at his teammates. He was barking at <laughs> Noah. Noah was looking at him like, come on, man, like, we're practicing. But his, his competitive fire. Yeah. When he deleted Twitter, you you started seeing him in practice, and the guy just really seemed like he locked in. And I also think it's important that we remember this is his third year. Like, Cornerback is a very difficult position to play, and I think that you know we're just seeing these guys develop in front of us. And the stickiness that he's playing with is different. Like you can tell that he's reading, and also too, there was a couple. He baited, he baited, he baited him mm-hmm. like uh, quite a few times yesterday. And I don't know. It is it is dope to see the uh, e- evolution of his game. But I think this all has to, a lot to do with Malik Hooker being back there, man in that safety spot, like being rangy and giving Trayvon, I think, the faith that hey if if I slip up here you got me yeah you got got me I got you and that's something that comes with you know building a secondary if you listen to them they're talking about playing together even the defensive lines talking about rushing as one and you can just start to see the unity on this team and the camaraderie on this team them being drafted together and sticking together they spend time with each other off outside the field you can see that on this defense and how they move and how they play together.
4: It's it's interesting the dynamic within AT&T Stadium because the last few home games of last year, when Trayvon is, is chasing Everson Walls's interception record, and truly it was at the point where any time a ball went in Trayvon's direction, it was fifty-fifty: is the wide receiver going to get it or is Trayvon mm-hmm. going to get it? But. The energy at AT&T Stadium, every, so, every time a pass was directed towards Trayvon, it was palpable. I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to be dramatic. No, I am there. But I'm, I'm saying you can feel it. And, and only a couple of times have I experienced that mm. on an NFL sideline. And we didn't get to play in Chicago often. Mm-hmm. But when we did, and Devin Hester, who was a finalist for the Hall of Fame last year, who was arguably one of the – great punt returners return specialists in nfl history but when he would drop back for a punt everyone was on the edge of their seat usually a punt's coming all right there's going to be a commercial timeout everyone's making a break for the restroom or to the concession stand but no not in chicago everyone's on the edge of their seat because something extraordinary is about to happen and it was that way for a couple years um at Texas Stadium, when Dion Sanders played for the Cowboys, and he would be back there for a punt, you could just—it was tingly. You could feel it. Yeah. And that's how it was. Um, That—that's how it was towards the end of last season with Trayvon Diggs, because mm-hmm. everyone just wanted it, that record. Of course, he ended up tying Everson Walls for the most uh, interceptions in a. Uh, single season in Cowboys history but that's you know and also to look up and just see all the number seven jerseys up there you know yeah 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 yeah. you don't see too many cornerbacks with (laughs) jerseys yeah
2: Yeah, and I like to uh, we just had Mike McCarthy's press conference uh, Mm -hmm. a few minutes before we started the show and uh, all this talk about defense the last question he was asked was you know just how good is this defense how good can they be And uh, Mike McCarthy, one of my favorite things he said today, he said, the defense is like our team's thermostat. They set the tone. And I love that that's just become this team's identity, right? You know, like, you know, it it doesn't matter if and when, you know, Dak comes back on the offense. Right now, the focus is on the defense and the defense. he, He said that they were the consistency on this team he, he, the defense is what's keeping them you know mm-hmm. in this season uh, and so I love the idea of a cornerback being palpable with that energy because that's how Mike McCarthy um, described this defense so a lot of good stuff on that side of the ball let's quickly to talk injuries because there was a couple um, that McCarthy gave us an update to the first one obviously I think everyone's worried about is Dak Prescott if he's going to be coming back for uh, next week's game against the Rams he did say that Dak has a doctor's appointment later today uh, so he will tomorrow be tomorrow morning. <laughs> tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you were there. Tuesday morning. So he has an, um, a doctor's appointment tomorrow morning, and then some good news as well uh, with Noah Brown and Quentin Bohanna. Both of them, uh, <sighs> all signs are
4: pointing to being yeah, good. And, Thank and, you, and, and see the, the thing that um, the thing that's important about injuries is not just oh Noah's going to miss a series or two mm-hmm. on offense. It's within the game. Noah is the personal protector on punts. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is a domino effect yes. on the, yeah. these guys. It's like, ah, oh, it's a back, you know, Noah Brown. Well, then you have, you know, instead of just one personal protector, Noah, they end up taking uh, Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle and putting them side by side in front of, of Brian Anger. So there is a domino effect. But And then when when Quentin Bohanna went down with oh, that was, shoulder injury, when, to... they, yeah. when they come to the sideline, actually – they don't even come to the sideline. They just head straight up the tunnel, up the end zone. And if you're if you're ever at ATT Stadium or you're watching a game and you see the trainers or the doctors take a player straight off and they're heading up towards uh, the tunnel behind the end zone, that's not good news. Yeah. Because when you go up that way, you know what's at the end of that tunnel? The X-ray room. Yeah. So, so I was going to say the like, point of yes. no return. No, I was going to no, be very dramatic that. No, no, with that. You, you don't. You don't. You don't want him to head that direction. Yeah. You want him to come over and get checked out. Like for example, Zach Martin. It looks like oh my gosh, you know, w- oh. with it. And yeah. Zach is like the uh, Black Knight, Monty Python. I mean, he is like just but a flesh wound. I yeah. mean, to get, him, to get him to come off the field. I mean, they're just going to have to amputate something. <laughs> but, but when he comes over, and and luckily they, he just ended up having his. Uh, right ankle retaped, and he got back in the game and I think he only missed uh two plays maybe just one but um I know we're up against a break but at one point I want to tell the story of uh we talked about Jordan Lewis uh missing the game and Deron Bland the rookie having to step in but Jordan Lewis missing uh, the game because of an injury that happened in pregame game warm-ups yeah I actually once saw an injury that happened between the national anthem and the coin flip.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was supposed to laugh I'm or not. Both. Oh no. Oh that's that's a good teaser. Yeah, go. I
2: definitely want to hear more about that. So we're going to go ahead and take our first break here on Girls Talk Boys Talk, sponsored by Jigsaw, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll be right back with a juicy story from Christy Scales. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, sponsored by Jigsaw, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. Christy Scales with a good story, but first.
1: All right, we'll get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. Uh, Sounds like a good deal to me. Join now and get your fan pack, exclusive benefits, and more. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash united for details to join today. Sounds like a good deal to me, ladies. it, It is, and
4: if you're ever coming out to Oxnard, for training camp, this make sure so that you true. join the fan club because you're going to get to be in some areas this that, that the uh, rest of the public that's not a member of the club.
1: Autograph alley, exactly, pro tip.
4: exactly. So make go. sure make sure that you do that. It's <laughs> worth the investment. Plus, just with the discounts that you get from the. Pro shop and ordering yep. things, you know, it it will pay for it. You
1: had me a discount. You <laughs> right? had me a discount.
4: Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: over here like Dallas Cowboys, big.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I wanted to uh, talk about, because uh, I guess over 24 years on the sideline, I mean, there were several times where something has happened in pregame warm ups. Uh, or maybe, but usually it's a guy who was fighting an injury coming in or rehabbing, yeah. and then something happens. Maybe they retweak something. But Jordan Lewis, the uh, cornerback, not being able to play yesterday against Washington, Deron Bland having to step in—that uh, was pretty last minute. But it does not top what happened two years ago. And uh, getting ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we've we've already had the national anthem. Now we're getting ready for the the coin flip. And Tyler Biotish, it was his rookie year, but he was our starting center. And he's, like, feeling the, the back of his his leg, like his hamstring. And he comes over and he's talking to the medical staff. And the, the I'm usually over on the side by the offensive lineman, So I see all this happening. And all of a sudden I can just see Tyler just getting frustrated and, uh, and you know. And then Joe Looney grabs a football mm. and is doing some last-minute snaps. And so Tyler Biotish, the starting center, missed the game because he tweaks his hamstring between the national anthem and the kickoff.
2: Wow. What was he doing? Just
4: yeah, No, they just out they just kind of do some light it, the jogging that's a little too much. Keeping their body really, warm? The, the, the offensive linemen don't really jog. No, yeah. but what they'll do is they'll get in their stance. The the centers will get down and, you know, snap the ball. Yeah. But usually the offensive linemen just kind of, you know, stepping back and pass yeah. pro, that kind of thing. Huh. But something happened. And so, I mean, that was absolutely the craziest. But one thing that Mike McCarthy mentioned earlier today in his press conference, the really unfortunate thing about these injuries that happen in pregame warm-ups is – uh, the inactive list has to be turned in ninety minutes before kickoff. Yeah. So Jordan getting injured after that, you know, within that ninety minute period um means that they weren't able to activate nashan Wright. Mm-hmm. So they could have gone they could have had an extra cornerback available. Now nashan does not play in the slot the way that Deron he Bland sure is. Does not. And that's he sure does and that, not. That, that that's why you had that's why you have Wright inactive instead of uh, bland inactive because Bland has that skill set mm-hmm. to to play in the slot, mm-hmm. so that's that's why even though drawn's a rookie and Wright's a second year guy, why you have him active. But uh, yeah, you it and it, and it also affects special teams and things yeah. like that. So again, there's there's a domino. Okay. You know? effect yeah. mm-hmm.
1: and I'm glad you brought up special teams because Oof. something that Aisha and I, I mean, we were we were going before the show just talking about you know really all aspects and and I feel like. Uh, and Aisha can definitely give you more insight on this because she's the one that brought it to my attention when I was going back to watch the game is the Washington punter had our special teams kind of struggling a little bit I mean Cavante Turpin who's been producing and who's been giving good field uh, position for the Cowboys offense he was he looked like he was struggling a little bit but I really don't think that even struggling is the right word for that. Um, he had that ball that bobbled a little bit, and and he wasn't getting quite the yardage that I think we're used to seeing him get when it comes to those returns. Mm. So, Aisha, I am I would love more insight on this because you're the one that brought it to my attention, and I can't get it out of my head now. No, nah, uh,
3: what is it? Uh, Tress Way. A dope name, by the way. Um, <laughs> he tore us up, didn't he? Listen, uh, the field position in this game, starting field position to me was a key part of – both sides of the ball for the Cowboys. Um, at the only time they really saw success offensively is when there was a touchback. And Trest, he literally was pinning them in the 10. It's a 9. It's a, I'm like, tater tots, man. And, <laughs> and honestly, the Cowboys, you know, punt coverage is pretty good. And these guys are getting down there. We'll have to talk about Kelvin Joseph maybe finding something there with, you know, C.J. Goodwin. But... It was the starting field position in this game, the way he flipped that field and made basically made the Cowboys have to work for whatever they got. The lack of field position, starting field position really hurt the Cowboys offense, I think. Um, And on the flip side, I think that the starting field position for the commanders helped them a lot because the Cowboys were punting. Deep in, like, almost deep in their end zone and stuff like that. So they were starting at their 35, their 40. They had favorable field position all game, and the Cowboys did not see any of that. I think that had a lot to do with time of possession and just them being able. It also changes your play. It changes your playbook. When you're that deep, like, when you're that deep near that end zone, defensive players, they can pin their ears back and the whole thing changes because that window is so much smaller. Yeah. But as the more that they move down the field, you saw the playbook open up. And I, so I really think the offensive struggles this game started with Tressway doing this thing. They got a weapon over there, yeah. he, they really do. Yeah, and to your
4: point, Aisha, yep. the. Uh, well, the Cowboys got the opening kick. It was a touchback, so they're on yeah. 25. Yes, and that, mm-hmm. that was, woo, that was awesome for the uh, day. because they know yeah, that was going to be the they're, best. They're next <laughs> one, the, the next one, they started at their own 10. They started at their own 13. They started at their own 16. They started yeah. at their own 25 on a touchback and then near their own 15. Now, that's all in the first half. But a couple of those were, you know, losing the field position battle because the offense had a couple of three and outs. Tracking Right, them, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, – yeah, obviously a long way to go. And, that you know, that's one of the things uh, when you look at the defense's success last year was uh, Brian Anger and yes. the special teams did such a great job of flipping the field. This is really one of the first games where the Cowboys have not won the field yeah, position absolutely. battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, so a great point by you on that.
1: Yeah, thank yeah. you. And I think uh, <laughs> something that was very – uh, shocking, I think, for all things Cowboys was the lack of penalties this game from the Cowboys. Oh, 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 oh. And I ha- I will beat a dead horse with this every week. I th- Something that I've been saying every week is I don't want to see them have penalties during a game. Those pre-snap penalties that are shooting themselves in the foot it was really the commanders on the other side of the ball mm-hmm. that gave up two potential interceptions that were really big, I, I would say. Oh, and, yeah. and that first I one mean, changed the game. It
4: did. Oh, that, and, and that was in the uh, second yep. quarter. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it was negated <laughs> by an illegal contact. And it gave the Cowboys a first down on their own 33. So instead of Washington having the ball, and remember yep. Washington had just taken the lead. Yes. And the momentum was definitely with the commanders at yep. that point, And they should have had the ball. And that was, that was a huge play.
1: And something that I think going back to watch, um, you know, more of the game was somebody that I think was kind of uh, – a, a, a little unspoken hero when it comes to the commanders' penalties was Leighton Van Der Esch. He was really getting those offsides penalties going. Yeah. He was the one that was like getting them to, to move a little bit. He was getting a lot of those offsides penalties going, which, yeah, Leighton Van Der Esch, good for him. I mean, hey, whatever. If, if it's not the Cowboys getting the penalties, that's fine. They only had four for 20 yards. The commanders had 11 penalties for 136 yards. And I believe, let me see, within their first three games, they had a 12 total penalties yeah. with their first three games. So the Cowboys just racked up the penalties for the Commanders, and really, I, you look back, and that, that cost them the game. Oh, the yeah. Commanders were fighting for it for a little while there. Penalties will do that to you. And Michael Gallup drawing so a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. Go, go for, for it, it Haley. No yeah, talk about Gallup. Yeah,
2: I was just going to say a guy who really uh, – Helped in that cause was Michael Gallup. You know, his stats, two catches, 24 yards, and that touchdown. Obviously, those are huge for a guy who's coming back mm-hmm. uh, from in- in- injury, but I think the more impressive thing he did was draw those penalties and, and help with the poor field positioning that the Cowboys had to deal with. So mm-hmm. I think he's another example of a guy. We touched on Micah Parsons earlier, and obviously Micah's had two games where he hasn't really lit up the stat sheet like mm-hmm. we talked about the first couple of weeks. I think this is a, a similar example of that with Gallup, where you know maybe he didn't have all the catches in the world or all the yardage in the world, but his play off the ball really helped elevate the Cowboys' offense and put them in really good positions uh, to ultimately win.
3: Yeah, and then... I mean, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks now. Just there's a vert- vertical threat now. You got, you know, you got a guy that yeah. can push it down the field. So Cooper Rush is seeing more single high and not that, you know, that too high shell because, hey, there's a threat of a deep threat. Also, these guys, I think it was so important to me that the Cowboys at least, because the run game was sporadic yesterday, to say the least, right? I mean, like, oh, well, how do you feel about it? I felt like it, it had a
4: purpose. The, the, the run game was dutiful. Yes, because. <laughs> What it did was it set up the the play-action And that's what I was getting to. I think
3: last year you saw a lot is that teams did not believe you could run the ball. They did not care. They weren't even loading the boxes. They were just dropping six to seven in coverage, right? And now that the Cowboys have shown in this last couple weeks, we will run the ball. And honestly, they honestly will run it until they see success in certain areas. I don't agree with the A and B gap stuff, but do what you do. Um, And I think it really, if you do it enough, yeah they're going to, like, those linebackers aren't going to be sure if you're going to run the ball here or not. And play action is something that Cooper Rush is really thriving on right now. I think he's number one in the league with play action passes. And when you start talking about kind of what the Cowboys are trying to do with starting to establish the run game and trying to methodically move this, you know, move the change, I think that play action is going to be a big part of this offense moving forward. And I'm excited to see them getting the deep shots down the field to get guys to Hey, pump your brakes. Hey, listen. <laughs> you can't key in on everything intermediate. Respect what we have on, on the back on the back of this offense. Yeah.
4: Here's here's the thing. Uh Ritzy and Wiley, I guess that's Wiley, Texas. Uh can you explain more about play action pass? So Oh somebody yeah, said that. Y- yeah. Okay. So, so, so there we go. Yeah, so yeah. so what's no because ahead, no, no, I think that we need to Please let us know when when there are terms tossed around yeah. and we're not we we're not quite that. sure yeah. what uh, what's going on. You know when we would do the Cowboys 101 for women, Babe Laufenberg, my Cowboys radio colleague, and yeah. I did it for years and years. And so I think sometimes, especially uh, women who didn't grow up playing the game, mm-hmm. and you kind of hear these terms, you're not quite sure what they mean, and sometimes it can be intimidating because you're nickel dime yeah mansion, yeah yeah RPO. What does all this mean? Please. I tell the ladies, football was invented by men. It's not that complicated. We can figure it out (laughs) in half the time, okay? Okay. Okay. I love that. So a play-action pass, what that simply (laughs) means is the quarterback is pretending to hand off the ball. He's faking the handoff and then going to throw it is a pass play but you're faking the run well why why is that important uh well because as Aisha mentioned you're trying to get those linebackers to commit Mm -hmm. um because oftentimes you're trying to throw the ball over the top of the the linebackers so even if it's just the slightest hesitation that they have to respect the run for just that long it gives you that much room to go over their heads it also can slow up the pass rush as well because the defensive linemen or the pass rushers who are coming after you as a quarterback and trying to take your head off, you know, they they have to pause for just a second because mm-hmm. did he hand the ball off? Do we need to tackle the running back or do we need to keep going after the quarterback? So the the importance of staying committed to the run, even though the Cowboys averaged barely over two yards a carry yesterday, you still have to, to do it. It's like boxing, you jab.
1: Jab, mm-hmm. jab, yep. jab, jab, the and, and then I'm with
4: the, yeah. the haymaker. So, so by staying committed to the run, it makes the play action work because they have to respect that you may be handing, handing the ball off. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and also I think somebody, and we're, not to change the subject from the run, but somebody that we haven't mentioned, CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver oh, one, had himself a pretty yeah. good game, uh, specifically in the Dal- in Cowboys, like, oh, my goodness, the Dallas Cowboys' <laughs> uh, third drive of the game. I'm just so excited to talk about CeeDee. Um, it was three passes, three consecutive passes to CeeDee. Beautiful. Within those three catches that he made, he had 53 yards racked up. That is incredible. And for the fact that when I go back to my notes, I'm looking past a CD, 23 yards good throw by Rush. The ball was perfectly thrown, perfectly placed for that catch. And then you saw that two more times after that. That was beautiful. And I think something that's been uh, very important is to see Seedy really connecting with Cooper Rush in the duration that he's going to be in as starting quarterback, because you see that with Noah Brown and Cooper Rush, right? But I don't don't necessarily see, we think that we've seen the same uh, amount of chemistry really with Cooper Rush and Seedy, but that drive really had me questioning. I said, Oh man, that is great chemistry, great awareness by CD to know exactly where the ball was going to be placed. Just absolutely beautiful for. For everything and and something that w- that I noted here on that third um, pass that he caught, Jason Peters was in there. And yep. so Jason Peters, another what? unspoken hero. <laughs> there we go. See, oh, we love. had it both in there. Another unspoken hero of the game that I think uh, just continues to make an impact, whether whether we see it or not. And, and I mean that within the locker room. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Tyler Smith continues to get better every week. I, I mean, man, there there wasn't a lot to. To really say that was negative in terms of penalties. Going back to the original thing we we're talking about in terms of penalties for the Cowboys, which enjoy that this ve- this week. That made my victory Monday even better that I don't have to talk about penalties for the Cowboys. No yeah.
2: penalties. Yeah, it's interesting when we talk about this offense uh, over the last couple of weeks. The way the conversation has shifted from Dax out, what are we gonna do? To okay, Cooper Rush can come in to win a game. Like, but we'll see what he can do next week. To now, the conversation is just the consistency that he provides. We talk about the defense being consistent uh, to win games but I think that's the way every single person in that locker room the way Mike McCarthy even uh, Jerry Jones after the game that's how he describes Cooper Rush is that consistency he's not going to be a guy who's going to go out and be flashy he's not your game manager as Mike McCarthy told us earlier but this is a guy who's earned the respect from his teammates just solely by the way he he conducts himself in that backup quarterback role so it's just been interesting to see Uh, I think every single week uh, his stats have pretty much been the same there's not a whole lot you know he's throwing about 30 passes a game he's tossing about 200 plus yards a game and he's averaging about a touchdown and a half so uh it it always feels good to have that in your arsenal for your backup quarterback
3: and he just puts together it's it's so crazy because you'll look at the the offense and you like three and out three and out whatever and you'd be like what is going on and then he comes out there and they put together a, a real drive, and then yeah, I'm like, it like like the fourth quarter in the Monday it's, night it's game like, in New York. I, I yeah. said Cooper, are you yeah. a gamer? Yeah. Are you a gamer? Because it's it, it's like it's night and day in some instances where they're just like, let's go score right now. And they're not denied. With the C.D. Lamb, you know, comment that you made talking about him, I think it's important that we see that he gets in a rhythm early in the game. Um, yeah. It so, It seems yeah. like he's that type of player that needs to get touches early. It doesn't even have to be anything fancy. Just get the ball in his hands. Let him feel the ball. Get a get a feel for how the game is. And then from there, let's get going with him. I, very, I'm excited. Why are you laughing? No, just be, <laughs>
4: just because that – that I think it was the first play of the fourth quarter, his 30-yard touchdown catch. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That is the easiest touchdown catch you'll ever see for C.D. Lamb. That mm-hmm. was North- Beautiful. His are like the contested catches or falling backwards in the end zone, and you know, all he that crazy stuff. That but yeah, just a, a post route, and the guy took the outside post route. Beautiful. What's a post route? Oh, ladies, this is really you know, a post route. Yeah. Guess where you run on a post route? You go up and then you cut towards the goalpost. <laughs> all right, so, um, but uh, man, I know he's like. He couldn't believe that there was nobody around him, yeah. you know. I couldn't believe the there contestant. was nobody around
1: him. It was wide open. It, it's like they wanted C.D. Yeah, to have but, the touchdown. But, but, see, but that's
4: Cooper Rush looking, to, yeah. you know, you, you look middle, left, and then you come back to your guy, right? So you've got, you've got to pull awareness. the safeties. You've got to keep the coverage away so that C.D. can work the one-on-one yep. and Look away, keep that safety over there, and it's by the time he reacts, it's too late for him to get back and defend the pass. Yeah.
2: CeeDee Lamb, his second touchdown of the season. We are going to take another quick break, but we'll be back to talk more on this Victory Monday about the Dallas Cowboys here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. You're pre- sponsored by Jigsaw, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys.
3: angel food slim
4: blended without added sugar smoothie king rule the day you ready
0: show time on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy
1: do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes
2: Sponsored by Jigsaw, the preferred dating app of the Dallas Cowboys. More on that win, but first...
1: Fall officially kicks off at the start with our first ever Fall Fest on Saturday, October 8th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., my favorite season. Come out to the Tostitos Championship Plaza for a day of family fun from a beer garden to a petting zoo, face painting, live music, to fall-inspired food and more. I wonder if they do face painting for adults.
5: Sounds fun (laughs) to me. The
1: event is free and open to the public. For more info, please visit thestarinfrisco.com. I'm not kidding. I love pumpkin season. If you're gonna paint anything on my face, it better be a giant pumpkin. So, so you're getting the pumpkin lattes in July? Ah,
2: uh, my uh. Gracie, my <laughs> it's, apartment. It's your
4: fault. It's your fault. My apartment, apartment had pumpkin lattes. Is yes. only in the middle of the summer. I'm hey. the direct consumer, yeah, yeah, yeah. and
1: my apartment had my pumpkin decor up in July. Hey, hey it hey, did. Hey, it hey. went from you know my summer decor to hey, pumpkin. Hey, hey there'll be no pumpkin spice slander.
3: On thank
2: you. Show. Thank okay. you. We you. will agree to disagree <laughs> respectfully. I yeah. can't wait for pumpkin. Yeah. I, I love my, oh, my, my
4: nephew's birthday is is um matthew his birthday is halloween and until he was Cute. like nine years old he thought that everyone dressed up and everyone handed out candy oh. because it was his birthday Spatial. it was yes it,
1: it, it so. was it wasn't everyone for halloween it was ever from him it <laughs> he's
4: 34 now but oh, oh. uh
1: yeah well he can still think that 34 <laughs> years later that's
2: okay uh switching things back to the cowboys guys eight straight wins over division opponents for this Dallas Cowboys team I think that's an incredible stat given you know the injuries that they've dealt with over the last uh, meetings with those divisional opponents Um, and as we switch back we just talked about the offense we talked about the defense what else has been clicking for this team as they head into a break from NC NFC East play
3: uh what I guess I mean obviously the D-line play is clicking I think that they're there's still—you I, I you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm looking at how Dan Quinn does, like, his different rotations. There's so many, you know, sub-packages and stuff. And um, the multiplicity of this team is just continuing to show. It just continues. Like, these guys come out. Dante Fowler is a guy that I think, you know, I don't think he was an underrated free agent signing, but his snaps have, you know, slowly but surely increased, you know, and he's impacting the game. But then also— as far as the run defense, is there any concern for you guys? How do you guys feel about how they have defended the run? Because yesterday, I felt like they definitely improved in the second half. You could see that Dan Quinn made it a point to sure up what was going on on that left side. You could tell that you know, the commanders were going at that spot. What did you see, Chris?
4: Yeah, I think one of their points of emphasis last week was in terms of containment because where they got hurt the on edge. Monday was, was Daniel Jones, the mm-hmm. Giants uh, quarterback, yeah. who got most the running yards. I mean, he just killed the, the defense. In that way, and so that was one of their big points of emphasis yesterday. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Wentz was under so much harassment. Went, Wentz has some, you know, he's athletic too, he can move around. Um, those two intentional grounding penalties were real killers for mm-hmm. Washington yeah. yesterday. But um, I, I I know that Coach McCarthy said earlier today that Quentin Bohanna should be fine, but that big bodied defensive tackle. Defensive tackles are the ones that are in the middle of the defensive line. Those are the guys who are the human speed bumps, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, don't let him. We had a guy back in the 90s. His name was John Nix. He was as wide as he was tall, and uh, they called him a trash can full of dirt because you just weren't able to move him. So uh, so I'm hopeful that uh, Bohanna is able to get all of his – uh, work this week all of his practice reps and be good to go in LA because uh we need those stout guys in the middle of the line. Osa, I think Osa he never he, he, does, he doesn't get mentioned a lot but yes. I thought he had another strong game. You're talking about the defensive line. I know that um DeMarcus Lawrence he didn't register any sacks yesterday go. but all those pressures pressure. he just yes. he is set he's, he's the he's the war daddy. Yeah, yeah that, to use Jerry Jones's term. He's he's really the the heart The leader of the defense, really the heart of the defense, Donovan Wilson, I know we're talking about defensive line, but he's the thumper in the secondary and delivering the hard hits and a really strong game. There were so many tackles for loss Mm -hmm. yesterday, particularly in the third quarter. I've got TFLs. I I just make little notes. And so if it says TFL, that means tackle for loss. And in the first three series, two for Washington on offense, one by the Cowboys, I have one, two, three, four. I have six TFLs written Hmm. in my notes. And so, um, which means uh, tackling behind the line of scrimmage, and Donovan. Wilson uh, had one of those um, Malik Cooker had one
1: yeah, he's and so there.
4: so get putting the other team in the long down and distance is such a key
1: something i wanted to ask you ladies and it's only because i miss the game i hate when i have to miss a cowboys game i mean i went back and i watched it but I went back and looked at Cowboys Twitter, what was going on uh, and and something that was being uh, questioned was the game management when it came to fourth downs for this game and and Mike McCarthy deciding to uh, forego the you know, the fourth down attempt in the second quarter. Um, and then again, uh, let's see. It was the Cowboys third drive and then in the Cowboys twelfth drive of the game. And so I just wanted to ask, obviously we know they trust the defense we know the identity of this team is the defense we just said that but what is y'all's opinion really when it comes to not going for the fourth down especially this one was a fourth and one uh over here I believe this was in the fourth quarter um and so what really is y'all's opinion on that not going for the fourth and one uh you know when I think they were on a roll at that point to make it. Uh, It could have been another three and out series field position wouldn't have been an issue, but game management wise, how do you think Mike McCarthy has been doing with those decisions? And I know he's gotten scrutiny in the past, you know, couple of seasons, but um, I personally don't think he's doing a bad job with it, but I just wanted opinions here to open up the table to get Cowboys Twitter back on the right track. (laughs) Go ahead. You, you want to take it first? No, no, you
4: go ahead. I'm uh, I don't have any questions from yesterday. Yeah, a... I, I would say that two almost two and a half seasons in the thing with Mike McCarthy would be being too aggressive and going for it too much on <laughs> fourth down. Sure. Uh, so I, I had no questions about yesterday. The other thing mm-hmm. is you were talking about uh, Haley. You were asking things that really stand out. When Brett Maher is four for four on field goals and he's what, ten of eleven or eleven of twelve so far? Ten of eleven. Yeah, Yeah, ten of eleven. I mean, there's just no question about it. And money so, Maher, and and then uh, Brian Anger, the way that now I know he had the horrible the shank. shank. Oh, shank that shank hurt so me. That <laughs> was <laughs> really bad. The way that the defense was able to, stu- you know, they're, they're at their own thirty yard line and they keep Washington off the board, not even a field goal, mm-hmm. much less a touchdown. What a standout series that was for the Cowboys defense. But Brian Anger has been money.
3: Yeah, he uh, money for also, both the years with it. And
4: so or money Maher too. Yeah, <laughs> other than that one shank which was such a surprise and i don't
1: think we'll see that again from brian anger yeah, that yeah, was well, I, I think you know micah parsons said it best last week of if you see something happen in a game you're probably not going to see it the next <laughs> week i think you just look at it it was almost the the ball placement it just i don't think yeah we'll just that a again. little high
4: it almost went off yeah. his ankle it was just yeah. probably the drop mm-hmm. usually if
1: you see something like that
4: it's outdoors it's really windy conditions and i know that sounds silly because you're only dropping the ball just a couple feet you know from You know, from your waist to where your foot strikes it. But sometimes the wind can affect a drop. That had nothing to do with yesterday. It was just a mishit. No,
3: Christy makes a good point. I mean, your field goal kicker is... Yeah. He he kind of looking a little automatic. I'm not going to talk a whole bunch of me- I mean like <laughs> you don't want to jinx him. Don't you, I know. I used to don't I don't I don't personally know if it's a lot of jinxing. When you look at kickers a lot of it's confidence. And the locker room is showing great confidence in him. I think Mike McCarthy showed great confidence in him yesterday and people getting behind him is what's going to continue to fuel him playing well and it looks like you're going to need him for a little bit, you yeah. know, as your offense continues to progress. But I also want to You know, let everybody know. Take a second and go look across the NFL. People aren't just putting up 30 every game right now. This is a very progressive thing right now with preseason being changed the way that it was. So I think we'll start seeing offenses start to get in a rhythm here in this next few weeks or whatever. But, yo, like... Your offense, your offense is still finding its way. A lot of teams are still finding their way right now. Let's just be patient and see what we got.
2: Yeah, I just feel like if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And right. you know, when there you've got you go. a guy like Money Maher who has been hitting so well, like Chrissy mentioned, 10 of 11, Yep. are you going to take the, the easy points or maybe chance it on fourth and one and possibly – Get closer to the easy points. Yeah,
3: because that, that D line, that D line, we didn't talk about it a whole bunch, but don't sleep on Payne and Allen. Oh, they they were, gave they were tremendous. They, <laughs> they were tremendous. I saw I was watching the game again yesterday. I seen ninety four chasing after Tony Pollard. I said, what is this? <laughs> yeah. This oh, is a man. D tackle.
4: then the having the two of them side by side. Now it's going to be a chore this coming Sunday against Aaron Donald. But to have yeah. two first round picks back to back years, Alabama, mm-hmm. they, they they were outstanding. And like I said. That was beating your head against a wall for Zeke and Pollard yesterday. But credit to Kellen Moore for keeping, keeping with it, softening them up, and setting up play action. Absolutely.
2: Credit to this Dallas team for picking up their third straight win. They are now 3-1 on the season, and they will face the Rams next week. We will break it down even more on Girls Talk, Boys Talk coming up tomorrow. But that will do it for us today. For Aisha, Christy, and Jess, I'm Haley Sutton, and we will see you next time.